Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Hey, it's good to be with you. My name is Isaac, and uh, I have the privilege of uh, stewarding our young adults ministry and our students here at Gateway. And I'm, I'm happy I get to be with you for a second time. Uh, I want to go ahead and welcome Tempe and uh, everyone joining us online. We're so glad that you're with us as well. Uh, we're in this series called Resilient. And uh, the, the, really the burden for this series, before we jump in today, um, the burden for this series is not that we would bounce back from everything we've been through. Our desire isn't to just recover from what, what this last couple years has been or whatever your life has been up until this point. Our desire is to be healthier through this series. This series is gonna go really up into Christmas, to be healthier through this series than we ever have been before, to grow more than we ever have been before. Um, because as Preston mentioned a couple weeks ago, there is a, we believe that there is a journey coming and the greater the journey, the more incredible the preparation. And uh, so our desire is to, to really grow more during this time. And so uh, last week we kicked off uh, this spiritual pillar um, talking about, we define the spiritual pillar as this, receiving and responding to the love of God. And we took an assessment together in, in, in our time together. And, and we're going to throw up the results uh, so that we can all see kind of where we're at as a church um, based on these results. You'll see that, that there are people in every area on here. And uh, again, this assessment is not to make you feel bad in any way. This assessment is, is really solely, solely for the purpose of us identifying where we are right now. So as we journey through these last couple months of the year, and as we step into this journey that we believe is coming, we might be fully prepared. We might know the area that God might want to grow us in, that, that we can go further in together. And so if you didn't get a chance to fill that out, I want to encourage you, fill that out at some point today. Go back, fill it out later on this week. Catch up on uh, Pastor Preston's first message that he preached in this series. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open up to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to begin uh, reading in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. Um, but before we, before we jump in there, regarding the assessments, I just want to say thank you. Um, I, from, on behalf of my, myself and my family, I just want to say thank you to you uh, for, for completing the assessment. I'm thankful that um, my family gets to grow, gets to be a part of a community that values growth. I'm thankful that I'm a part of a community that, um, that, doesn't, that isn't just like focused on what has been or what will be, but really is focused on where I am right now so that I can really become everything that God has, has made us to be. I, I know that my wife and I were talking just this past week and we're just, we just love our church. We just love our community. We love that we're a people that like to be aware of where we are so that we can know everything that 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 we can do to grow and to become all that God has made us to be. So I just wanna say thank you for doing that. Um, way to go, you. It's, it's a big deal. It doesn't have to be that way, but it is. So Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19, the Bible says this. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 
Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Skip down to verse 39. We're going to read one last verse and then we'll pray. It says this, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. I'm going to talk for the next few minutes. Uh, title of my message today is different, but the same. Different, but the same. Let's pray and then we'll jump in. God, I thank you so much for your presence. God, I thank you that you're here. God, I thank you that, that of all the places that, that we could be and that you could be, you chose to be here, and I'm thankful that we all chose to be here as well. God, I, I ask during these moments that through your Holy Spirit, you would speak to each and every one of us. Um, God, that, that all of us would leave a little bit different than when we came in, a little bit further than when we came in, a little bit more healthy than when we came in this room. And God, that all of us would leave with, with something that we could do to be closer to you, to, to be more healthy in this time, to endure a little more during this journey. God, we all want to, we want to stand the test of time. We want to make it through this journey. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us in Jesus' name? Everybody said, amen. amen. So my wife and I have been married for seven years now and a little over seven years. And if you're married in this room, you'll kind of understand what I'm about to say. Um, it's crazy to think that we've actually been married for seven years. At the same time, it feels like it's been twice that, Right? Like, like it, it seems like we've been married for a long time. Now we've been, we've been dating or we knew each other when we were 11. So that obviously adds to it a little bit, but, but it seems like we've, we've been married for, for a long time and we, we've been through a lot in our seven years. And then on the other side, it, it also seems like it was just yesterday and that we're just kids trying to figure this out and we have no idea what we're doing. And and we found ourselves as we're about to invite our, our second daughter into this world in the next couple months, we we found ourselves really talking about like, what do we want our life to look like down the road? Like, what is it that we want our family to be about? What is it that we want our family to value? What is it that we want to, to maybe add to our life or, or take away from our life so that, that we can be like the best version of us as our family? And so we found ourselves really enjoying talking with those who have been married 15, 20 25, 30 years, those who have gone a lot further than us. And we've, we've been talking about people that we want to do dinner with and people that we want to have over to the house who have, who have been further than us because we want to make it. We, we want to stand the test of time. We want to endure. We want to stick it out. And so we've been, we found ourselves attracted to endurance, attracted to those who have, who have stuck it out, who have, who have really like endured through through all things. I just have a quick question. If you're Tempe, join with us there. If you're, if you're watching online, just go ahead and raise your hand in your room all by yourself. But if, if you've been married for over 15 years, raise your hand. Okay, you've been married for over 20 years. Keep your hand up. 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. Wow. Come on, let's give it up for them. Wow. This is a part where I wish I had a giveaway, but I don't. I don't. Um, 
Wow, congratulations, that, that is so awesome. Uh, so many people who have, who have really endured, endured the time and obviously I know circumstances and all of that, but, but that's, a, that's a big deal, that's something to celebrate. And, and my wife and I have found ourselves really, really attracted to, to endurance. And I think all of us are, are attracted to endurance, aren't we? We're, we're attracted to those or, or those things that, that have stood the test of time, that, that have stuck it out. For instance, let, let me explain. Um, when was the last time you went and got your hair cut? My wife loves doing this. Whenever I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go here, I'm gonna go get my hair cut, or I'm gonna go to a new spot. She loves to look up Yelp, see how long the business has been in play, like how long they've been there, like, like where, where did they start? Is it just one chain? Is it multiple? When was the last time you went to get your hair cut and you sat down and you said, hey, how long you been doing this? And they're like, actually, this is six weeks. You're actually, you're actually my first real haircut outside of cosmetology school. You're like, actually, I'm gonna be all right. I'm gonna, you know what? This has been fun. Love getting to know you. Uh, I'm gonna stop at Walmart, grab some clippers on my way home. I'll just take care of it myself, right? Like, like th there's something about like endurance that speaks for itself, doesn't it? It, it, it speaks for itself. There, there's a quality of endurance that we all love and long for. And as you, as you look at those who have been married for so long, we, we can find ourselves oftentimes, or maybe it's a business that you've had for 10, 15, 20 years. We find ourselves looking at those people and really saying, man, I, I want that, don't we? You know, what, you know what we found is we've been talking with some of those who have been married for, for a long period of time. Um, we've found that, that everybody has some of those unique things that they like doing to stay connected to one another, you know? Like, like, like some people, like they really, their thing is like they go on hikes once a week together. They maybe go on walks once a week together. Or maybe maybe they, they, they take a trip once a month as a family or whatever the case might be. And everybody's kind of got their unique things, right? Some of you really like to play board games with your spouse because that brings you close together. That tears us apart. So we don't really do that, okay? Um, she cheats all the time, okay? I can't stand it. Um, and, and, and so some of you, but what we found is that there are, there are a lot of things that are universal. How many of you know this? That, that if you're going to have a relationship that lasts, if you're going to have a marriage that lasts, a business that lasts, um, let's just take marriage as an example for a second. You can't never have a date night in 20 years, right? Like you, you need to have semi-consistent date nights if you're going to stay married for a long period of time. You're actually gonna have to talk to one another other than through text if you want a relationship that's gonna last. You want a business that's gonna last. You kind of have to actually like meet with people as a part of your business and share vision and, and get connected and you gotta, you gotta address finances on a regular basis. Like there are some things that you universally have to do if you're going to have a relationship or something that's gonna stand the test of time. And, and here in, in Hebrews 10, um, what we find is that the writer of Hebrews is, is writing to a group of people and he's, and he's encouraging them to endure. In fact, he's going to identify some universal needs that, that all of us, but, but as he's communicating here in, in Hebrews chapter 10 to these first century Jewish believers, he's gonna communicate some universal needs that you and I absolutely must have in our life if we're going to endure and stand the test of time. Because the, rea the reality is, is that we're needy. You're needy, I I'm needy, I have some needs. Okay, for example, let's just talk about this for a second. Like, if we don't drink water for seven days, that's kind of like a universal need, right? Like, if we don't drink water on a regular basis, we're going to die, okay? Um, however, 
what my body needs in, in regards to exercise based on my family history and how I've grown up and just the way that, I, way that my body is made up is gonna be slightly different than, than yours. My diet might be slightly different than yours, but there are some universal needs. And here in Hebrews 10, the writer's writing to some first century Jewish believers who have come up under immense scrutiny, a, a lot of pressure, a, a lot of persecution. There are, there are those who are dying for the faith in Jesus. People have been ostracized. They've been kicked out of the city. Their businesses have been, have been basically uh, like, like ignored to the point that, that they're losing businesses. There, there, is, there are people being imprisoned all because these first century Jewish believers have chosen to accept and believe in Jesus that he is the Messiah that they were longing for. And, and so they believe in, and, and now all of this pressure and scrutiny comes and the writer of Hebrews 10, we don't know exactly who it is, but he writes to encourage them to endure. He writes to encourage them to keep going, to stick it out. You can stick it out. You ought to stick this out, and here is what you're gonna need. Now, what we'll find is that these needs aren't needs because they're under scrutiny. How many of you know that when, when difficult things come in your life, for instance, my wife and I, when, 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 when COVID hit a couple years ago, okay, and we started, we started like going through, we didn't know what we were gonna do, so we went to our budget, and we said, okay, what are we gonna cut out here? What are we gonna cut out just to make sure that, that, that we're, that we're doing the best that we can, that we're stewarding right. You know what I mean? So we, you cut out Netflix, you cut off Spotify, you cut off all of these little things that were there. And, and the writer of Hebrews 10 is not introducing to them new things that they ought to know and do in order to, to endure. No, what he's, he's doing, he's, he's getting back to the root and he's saying, hey, these are things you have always needed and if you're going to stand the test of time, if you're gonna stick this out, if you're gonna follow Jesus, if you're gonna keep going, number one, do so, keep going. But if you're going to, here are some things that you absolutely need to remember you need in your life. And so I wanna take the next few minutes and I wanna identify and, and really just submit to you these four things that the writer of Hebrews chapter 10 submits to these first century Jewish believers as absolute universal needs that all of us really as followers of Jesus need? Because how many of you know, there have been some difficult times the last couple of years. If you follow Jesus for any amount of time, you know that endurance is kind of just par for the course. It's, it's part of this journey. Now we don't necessarily like the process of endurance. Oh, but we're attracted to it, aren't we? We all wanna be people that stick it out. We all wanna be people that along this journey that God has us on, we wanna be those who, who stick it out and endure. So point number one is this. Of these things that, that the writer of Hebrews chapter 10 says, these are the same no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, like the, these are four things that you absolutely need. Number one is this. You and I were created to need to meet together in his house weekly. Look at verse 25 in Hebrews chapter 10. It says this, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. You and I were created to meet together in his house weekly. Now I know just from saying that, that can seem overwhelming to a lot, especially coming off the, the heels of this last year, these last couple years where everything has shifted. And, and, and I, just wanna, I just wanna clarify, I'm not talking about vacation. I'm not talking about if you're sick. I'm not talking about if the kids are sick. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about when, we, when we're evaluating our life 
and determining what is it that's going to get our time and attention. Okay, we, we, need, we need this. We were actually created to need to meet together. And the writer of, of Hebrews is, is writing to them and he's saying, hey, like, do not neglect doing this. I, I know that I know you're overwhelmed. I know you've got a lot going on. I know there is a lot of pressure that you're facing right now. I, I know that, 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 that this is hurting, that, that this is difficult and that this is hard, but you've got to understand you need this more than you know. And he says, stick it, stick it out, keep going. P Preston has this, has this saying, and, and if you've been around Gateway for any amount of time, you probably have heard this at some point. Um, he, he talks a lot about, we talk a lot about here at, at Gateway that there's a difference between a cadence and a calendar. A cadence and a calendar. And, and, and actually we were designed to live according to a cadence, not our calendar. Okay, from the beginning of the, the foundation of creation, we see even God set in motion this cadence, this rhythm by which we as followers of Jesus ought to live so that we get everything we need and we can do everything that we're called to do. There is a, a cadence, there is a, a rhythm that is established, but we so often run our life based on, based on our calendar. What's gonna fit in our calendar? What's, what's not gonna fit in our calendar? And what we find is that, and here, just here's the reality, whatever, whatever we do most consistently is most important to us. Maybe, maybe we have a tendency to do this, you, you may have a tendency to do this, I know I've done this before and I'm, I'm really trying not to. Um, but as it relates with our calendar, right? Like, like consider, consider how bound we are oftentimes to our calendar to the point that like you're, you're connecting with somebody in the lobby. You may be connecting with somebody at work. And, and, and if you've done this, don't raise your hand because I think we all have done it at some point. But we all have that saying of like, somebody's like, hey, we should get together. Hey, we should do coffee. And they're like, you know what? Absolutely. Let me check my calendar and I'll get back to you. To which we never do, Right? We, we never do. And, and, and hey, let me check my calendar has almost become this like, oh, how do I get out of this conversation and get to the next? Like, I, I don't, I really don't want to do this. So let me check my calendar. It'll probably never work out because like you're busy, I'm busy. Like it's just not gonna, or we do this. Like if you're married, you blame stuff on your spouse's calendar. Have you ever done this? Where you're like, hey, you know what? It would, it would work for me. I would love to get connected. I, I see on my calendar, I'm free. But you know what? My wife's on a different calendar and I'm gonna have to check with hers and I don't know if that's gonna work. She also goes to a different service. So I don't know that we're ever really gonna like meet. Like I'm a lot of, I just, ah, I don't know. But we, we do this, don't we? we? We run everything by our calendar. But that's actually not how we were ever designed or created to live. In fact, Preston, Preston has said in the past as well that, that Christ followers follow Christ's cadence. Well, what is Christ's cadence? Let's look, Luke chapter four and verse 16. So he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, another way to say that, as his cadence was, as his rhythm was, as his pattern was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Acts chapter 17, verse one through two. Again, Christ's followers follow Christ's cadence, so let's see, Acts chapter 17. Now, when they had passed through Amph Amphipolis, and I'm gonna be honest with you, no idea how to say that second word, okay? tried. Google's got a bunch of different ways to say that. So we're going to move on. And they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths in a row reasoned with them from the scriptures. Here's the reality. You need me. I need you. We need this and we all need him. We do. 
We need each other more than we know. We need this more than we know. And, and I just wanna submit to you that I, I fully believe that, that God knew what our capacity was when he created us. I mean, you know, like, I don't think God actually got tired and exhausted in the creation deal that he's like, you know what, I cannot do another day. I need to sit down. But I think he knew our capacity would be that we could only go so long before we needed to get together with one another and worship him and commune with one another and, and be surrounded by those who are moving in the same direction or trying to move in the same direction as us. I would submit to you that if you're tired, God knew and that's part of why this is so important. You're exhausted, you're tired. I think we have a tendency sometimes to believe that this somehow is supposed to be like when you look your best. They're like, I, I gotta be buttoned up, I gotta, I gotta have my tie on, I gotta have this, and I gotta, I gotta be, man, if, if my week went well, I'm gonna go to church. If it didn't, I'm gonna stay home. And, and I think it's, I, I don't know that that's actually what this is. But I think this is kind of in a lot of ways, like man, where we come in every week and we're like, whoo, what a week. Barely made it, but we're here. And we come and we get strength from one another. Our perspective shifts above everything that we've experienced because we worship God and we're connected with him and we hear from him and we're gathered together with one another. And so what does this look like for you and me? Again, for some, this could, this could seem overwhelming to say we gotta do this weekly and, and that may not be your pattern or your rhythm as of right now. And I'm just gonna say like, that's okay, but, but, but look at what is... Okay, we're in, we're in October now, okay, which is crazy in and of itself, but we're in October now. So it's been what, nine, nine full months. Looking back as we assess, what has my pattern been? What is my custom, what is my consistency looked like? And for some, you've been crushing it. You're like, I, I need to be here and, and, and I wanna be there and that's awesome. And, and for some, it hasn't and, that, and that's okay, but what would it look like for all of us to get 1% better? What would it look like for us to say, you know what? I've kind of occasionally prioritized this, but, but I, I, want, I want to be there. I'll tell you, yes, I'm on staff, and so I'm here just about every single weekend, but, but I, I need this. I feel better when I'm here. I feel better about the direction of my life. I feel more connected to, to where I'm headed. I've got people in my life that I'm journeying with. I get to connect with those that I don't see throughout the week, and and I'm just telling you, like, being here has, has impacted my family and, and, and my wife and myself. Like, we need and long to be here. So I would just ask, as you look over the course of this last year, what is, what is your, what's your cadence been? What's your rhythm been? Has it, has it been what you have desired it to be? Maybe you started the year and you're like, this is what I want it to be. This is what I want it to look like. Has it Has it happened? It's okay if it hasn't, but what would it look like from now to the end of the year for us to reevaluate and say, you know what? I'm not gonna live my life by my calendar anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna set in motion this cadence. I'm gonna submit to this cadence that God has given me because he knows what I need more than I know what I need and, and I wanna follow, wanna follow him. I would, I would encourage you in your time with the Lord this week in that middle section of the Resilient Life Action Plan to dig in and to say, God, what? What's a way that I can get 1% better in this area of my life? Number two is this. The writer of Hebrews in, in Hebrews chapter 10 tells them in verse 24, he says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Point number two is this, stir up one another regularly. Stir up one another. What are we talking about? We're talking about serving one another. Do you know that 
that you were created to serve one another, that I was created to serve one another. We obviously see this or you learn it the hard way in marriage, right? That like part of why I'm here is to, is to serve one another, to serve each other. I don't know if you know this, but every single week there are on Thursday nights, there are dozens of volunteers that, that meet in our cafe to serve, speak into, and disciple our junior high and high schoolers to know the word of God, to believe in Jesus for themselves at a young age, and to grow in their relationship with him that they might impact their schools and their communities. Right now, as we speak over, over in our kids' area, there are dozens of volunteers that are, that are meeting to, to connect with our, with our kids and play games with them and help them, help them see and enjoy reading God's word and knowing God's word and they're speaking God's word over their life. And as you came in, many volunteers, many, many people on the, on the team were connecting and meeting. You probably, maybe you're new here and you've already met two or three people. They, they didn't, you didn't just happen to run into them. You, you, you met somebody, they, they said hi, they greeted you in the parking lot, they walked you in, they got you a coffee, whatever it might be, because they, they see that, that being here, we all, we have a corporate responsibility. Not to me, not to the staff, but to each other, to build one each other up, to stir each other on in love and good works. Look at Galatians chapter five and verse 13. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, the flesh rather serve one another humbly. Hear me, we don't, we don't serve here on the weekend because we're staff, because we're leaders, or because we're volunteers. We serve one another because we're followers of Jesus, and this is what Jesus did. He served one another. And I'm gonna just tell you, like, if he did, I, I'm gonna do that as well. Again, Christ's followers follow Christ's cadence, and we see throughout, throughout the Gospels, Jesus would, would serve one another. He washed his disciples' feet. He, the Bible says he came to serve you and I, and, and this is what we do. And so I, I would ask, like, what, is, what does your time look like? Like, like what does it look like? Like, how, when was the last time you, you, you went to an outreach? When was the last time you, you, you maybe attended an outreach on the weekend and helped serve the community that we're around? And, and, and maybe here at, at the church, every, every weekend, we throw up this thing, and Brooke mentioned it, text PATH to 94,000, and, and there's a bunch of different options. And I think a lot of us have a tendency to think that that's just for if you're brand new. And, and if you are new, I want to encourage you to text that because it is for you. But, but it's for so much more than that. It's if you need prayer, you can text that. We, we have teams of people that are praying for, for those prayer requests that come in every single week. As a staff, we're praying for those prayer requests. There, there's ways for you to get involved right away and be a part of what's, what's going on. And hear me, I'll just say this. Like, we don't just have a seat for you here on the weekend. We have a place for you to be a part of what's going on. There's a place for you here so much more than just sitting and, and, and hearing and then leaving. No, this is... This is designed that we would be a community that serves one another and encourages one another on. Preston has said it like this in the past, genuine fellowship with God always results in partnership with God for service unto God, for service unto God. Number three, we see this in, in verse 23, hold on to his word always. We were created to need his word, to hold on to his word always. Verse 23 in Hebrews chapter 10, the Bible says this, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. 
He who promised is faithful. Matthew chapter four, the Bible shows us, again, as we, as we look at this, following Jesus' cadence, following the way that he did his life, that he lived his life here on this earth, we see that even he understood that his own word ought to be something hidden in his heart and held in his hand at all times of his life. Look at Matthew chapter four, verse three. The Bible says this, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but, by, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need his word. And the writer of Hebrews chapter 10, again, is writing and, and clarifying, simplifying some of these universal needs to those under extreme pressure and persecution to remind them, hey, make sure you're getting what you've always needed. Now, more than ever, as he says, even more now until the day, you need this. You need to know it doesn't change. The needs are the same. The needs in these areas are the same. Yeah, you've got some unique needs, but there are some universal needs. And one of those is making sure that every day his word is hidden in your heart and held in your hand. Now this, again, this can, this can be overwhelming at times. You can, you can say, you know, what does that mean? I've tried to read this book. It seems ancient. It seems difficult to understand. I'll tell you, one of the ways that I love to read the Bible is in story. And so I've got multiple different translations of the Bible at my house and, and ways that it's written different and, and, and chronologically. And, and I love to read it through the lens of a story. Just a, couple, just a couple weeks ago, I preached a message and I preached the entire book of Jonah in one, in one week. I preached the entire book of Jonah. Why? Because Jonah is an incredible story of someone following God and messing up and following him again and messing up and God's grace and mercy for Jonah. It's one of the ways that I, I see scripture. For, for some, it, for, for some you, you might wanna read it chronologically and in order because you wanna know from time to time. Some might just be able to, to read thematically. You might have a word, fear, and, and you wanna know what the Bible says about everything that has to do with fear because it's something that's going on in your life. So you research, okay, every scripture has to do with fear and you, you dig into those and you hold on to those. Whatever it, whatever it is, the reality is we just, we need it. I remember a couple this was two years ago when, when COVID hit and, and my wife spent 11 days in the hospital before COVID. You've, you've heard that before. And, and it, it, it really kicked off this, this endurance journey for us. And, and I remember just feeling like totally beat down, totally like uncertain about life, about myself, about what was going on. And, and I remember meeting with Preston and, and, and he's like, hey, can I just ask you a question? Like how much of this book are you getting every single week? And I don't remember the number that I told him. I said, I'm probably reading like this many verses. And he's like, hey, I'm gonna just tell you like, you need more than that. And he wasn't saying like, you stink, do a better job. What he was saying is like, Isaac, you've gotta understand you need this more than you know. And something happens when you just read it. Something happens when you jump into it because the reality is like, it's not just me reading it. It reads me. It, it has a way of seeing into my life and, and, and God has a way of highlighting what I need and, and, and showing me in scripture. Like you'll ju I'll just find myself reading and all of a sudden a verse will pop out and it just becomes like the theme for my week. And, and what Preston was saying is like, hey, you need, you need this more than, more than you know. And so, so what I did is I, I stopped reading any other books. When, when COVID came out, I stopped reading other books. I stopped watching other messages. And I only watched messages from this house 
uh, or if it was my dad or my brother-in-law, I only watched messages that came out of this house and I only read this book for two years. And I'm gonna just tell you, it did a lot for my soul. Like it did a lot for my life. It helped my marriage. It helped with, with my relationship with my wife. It helped my patience with my daughter who is three. I thought two was the worst age of all time. And then she turned three and I'm like, what had just happened? Okay, like it helped my life. Not because I read it out of obligation, but, but I recognize that, hold on a second, he knows my needs more than I do. He holds the world in his hands. He wrote this, he knows this, he knows me, he created me. I'm gonna get as much of this as I possibly can. Look, look at what Psalm 119 verse 105 says. It says this, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Here, Here's one of these things from this verse that, that I love is, is just the assumption in, for, in, in Psalm 119 is that you're gonna go through darkness. Is that you're gonna face moments that are uncertain. You're gonna face moments that, that seem dark where you have no idea where you're going. You're gonna, you're gonna find yourself in times and many of you find yourself there right now and many of you have found yourself there in the past couple years at some point. And even as we go on this God journey that we're going on, there are going to be times you don't know where you're headed. You don't know where you're going. It seems like it is so dark around you. But the Bible says that, that his word is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light for us when we can't see anything else. That's how much we need it. That, that it illuminates things for us. It, it shifts our perspective. It shows us that there's more going on. It, it encourages us and reminds us. Uh, it, it, Acts 20 even says that it has the ability, it, it builds us up, Acts 20 says. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance amongst those who are sanctified. And so I would say like, how much of this book are you getting every single week? Not, not, not condemnation, not, oh man, I'm bad, I, I'm this. It's just, again, it's an evaluation. It's an awareness to say, if I read more, if I got in this book more, if, if my focus was his word a little bit more, if, if, I, if I added 1% more of his word in my life, would it transform some things? And I would just like to submit to you that it would. Hebrews 10, I think the writer is submitting to us that it, it would change some things. And the last thing we see from Hebrews 10, he's writing to these first century Jewish believers and he's, and he's saying, hey, stick it out. Hey, endure. If you're, you're on this journey with God, hey, trust God. Don't go back to what, to what you believe. Don't, don't go back. Don't, don't return. They're, they're asking these questions like, is this worth it? Is this worth believing in Jesus, trusting in him? Because before, I don't think my life was this, was this rough. And then since I've been trusting Jesus, it just seems like things have gotten worse and more difficult and, and harder to see. And he writes them and says, hey, don't, don't go back. It doesn't get any better. Jesus is it. He is the one you've been waiting for. Keep going. He says in verse 23, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Point number four is this, draw near to him daily. Draw near to him daily. You were created this way, to, to be with him. Now hear me, this is, again, this is not obligation. This is the God of the universe actually wants to talk with you, to walk with you, and to be with you every single day. 
of your life. He actually would like it to be that you follow him to your work versus you hope he follows you to your work. He, he actually wants to, to speak with you while you're driving. He, he wants to connect with you. And we see throughout scripture that, that there is this concept of a secret place, a place where I go, where it's just me and the Lord, where I can hear from him. And, and I just wanna show you something. In, in Psalm 139, the Bible says this, my frame was not hidden from you, the psalmist says, when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. See, you just weren't meant for there, you were made there. Like that is where you and I feel the most home. I'll just tell you in my time with the Lord, in my personal time with the Lord, it is the most secure I ever feel. It's the most home I ever feel when I get a chance and it's just me and God and you can, you can say anything because he already knows what's in my heart so I don't have to be worried about him hearing it. Like you can just say whatever it is that you're feeling and you can just connect with him and you can listen and it's where we feel most at home. It's where we feel most ourselves. It's where you feel most like the person that God created you. He longs to be with you. Look at Luke chapter five. Jesus demonstrates this. Even the son of God himself demonstrates this. Luke chapter five, yet the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often, everybody say often, often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Lonely places and prayed. Here, can I just tell you that the journey that the, that the destination of this journey that we're on with Jesus is not locational, it's personal. All of us have different, different our, our journeys look different, and, but, but our journey, your journey here on this earth is not locational, it, it, it's personal. The end destination of this journey with Jesus is that we would actually be with him that we would be as close to him as ever before, that we would be connected with him, that we would see him and he longs to be with you and I. So what does this look like for us? Many of you maybe know this, many of you maybe don't, but a couple, it was about a year and a half ago when, when COVID hit, we built, a, we built a website called 40days.com. And this website is designed to help us in our daily time with the Lord. Because how many of you know, like, Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we have difficulty and we maybe don't prioritize it as much as we should. And again, no condemnation. It's just saying that generally speaking, when I spend time with the Lord every day, the day just seems to go a little better. Doesn't mean that everything works out how I want it to. Oh, but my spirit feels better. My soul has a way of finding joy despite what I face simply because I spent time with the Lord that day, my, my focus was lifted. My attention was shifted. And, and we built this program called 40days.com that sends you an email every single day with a little snippet from scripture. I think the longest of them is like seven minutes long. It's a little, it's a little audio. You can throw it in your headphones on your way to work, in your car on your way to work, and you can just listen to it. And, and, and it'll read scripture to you and there's questions for you to ask God and there's questions for you to just sit and just to be able to dialogue with the Lord and, and grow in, in areas of your life. So there's a 40-day journey on, uh, on, on, on uh, identity. There's a 40-day journey on hearing God. There's a 40-day journey uh, for, for teenagers. There's a 40-day journey for, for, for married couples. There's a 40-day journey for raising kids. There's a 40-day journey for, 
our pillars that we're in. Why? Because spending time with the Lord daily is a necessity. It's not an obligation. We need it. In the same way that if you're married, like you go multiple days without connecting with your spouse, like it's gonna affect things. We need this time with the Lord. One of the ways that I love to do this is there's many different methods of how to structure this time, but I love kicking it off with worship and just worshiping and just throwing, throwing a worship song on and just starting my time with the Lord with worship. And then, then I go and I, I've got a way that I, I walk through scripture and it's called the SOAP method, scripture, observation, application, and prayer. It says, okay, write the scripture that stood out to me. I, I write anything that I see in scripture. Oh, observation, what do I see? Who is involved in this scripture? What's going on? And then application, God, how is it that, that you want me to apply this to my life? And then I pray and just say, God, help me to do this. Help me to walk this out in this area of my life. The writer of Hebrews chapter 10 is writing and he says, hey, like, guys, you, I know you're under it. I know, I know you're facing it. I know it's difficult. I know life is, is difficult right now, but, but remember you were created to need these things. You were created to meet together. Don't, don't neglect it. You don't understand. Stick together. You need this. Serve one another. Make sure that you've hidden his word in your heart and that you're holding it in your hand at all times. You need it more than you know. And he says, hey, all the more, continue to draw near because the one you need wants to be with you every single day. God, I thank you for your presence. God, I thank you for speaking to us. Holy Spirit, I ask that in our time this week with you that we would evaluate and that we wouldn't feel bad about where we're at. We would just say, this is where we're at. These are the facts. This is how much time I've spent in your house. This is, this is where I'm at as it relates to serving one another. I, I occasionally do, but I haven't, I haven't really like found my place to do that. And, I haven't really prized your word or whatever it might be. God, I pray through your Holy Spirit that you would so, so graciously and gently reveal to us. God, I pray that our heart's desire would be to get 1% better in every area of our life. God, we wanna be close to you. God, I pray we would see that as we go through this journey, we need you now more than we ever have, or maybe, maybe it's not more, maybe we're just more aware of it now than we ever have been. God, your word says all the more we need these things as we see the day approaching. The journey's coming. God, show us. And God, would we, would we evaluate this week, make a decision to get 1% better in this area. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.